gentlemen welcome to umami nights the show that well the sh- it used to be the show that dived deep into asian rap hip-hop and soul not only from the aus but from all across the globe we are sort of doing that still but not anymore kind of my name is chong ali um this used to be a show on radio so um we are not on 4ZZZ Digital anymore. I pulled that off. Um, the scheduling was just too crazy. I had too many things going on. But I tried to actually um, keep the show going on um, Spotify and iTunes. But, you know, the problem with that is I can't do music. I can't play music. So it's sort of become this... It, I, I, it's become a podcast, I guess, um, because I wanted to salvage the interviews that I was doing with all these really cool people. And I thought, well, maybe I can keep doing that. Um but then, you know, things got too crazy and it sort of fell to the wayside. And um, But recently, Billy from Ozone, which is on 4 Z 102.1, hit me up and asked if I wanted to do some sort of, just a few sort of um, uh, feature interviews from Umami Nights on her show, uh, which is on every Monday. Um and I think it'd be like one Monday every two weeks or something like that. Um, and I thought, it got me thinking, I thought maybe I can just start doing this as a podcast. And if I get interviews in, I get interviews in. If I don't, it'll just be me rambling. If you're into that sort of stuff, you want to know what's going on in the world of Chong Ali, then, you know, tune in. If not, by all means, there's way better things to listen to than this goddamn show. Uh, but, you know, I put something out there on Instagram and I th- uh, to ask people, mainly my friends, and just go, you know, man, I need content for this show, this podcast. I'm just gonna give it a give it another crack and see, you know, see what else I can do, man. I'm bored during this coronavirus time, so uh, ask me anything, ask me absolutely anything. And I got some questions back. Some questions are a bit weird, uh, but some questions I thought, yeah, I could probably that might be kind of interesting to people. Again, probably not gonna be very interesting for a lot of people. So yeah, by all means, tune out. But I think I'm gonna to aim to try and get about a hundred people just to be hardcore listeners. <laughs> that's not too um ambitious, right? A hundred people is that? That's I mean, shoot for the stars, land on the moon, right? Um, but I mean, it's been a while. I have no idea what's gonna to happen to this show. I'm just gonna do it, and then you know, if people like it, I'll do it. If if they don't like it, I'll probably still do it anyway because I am a lunatic who likes to sit in his room and talks to himself. I also want to try to get onto radio, man. Like I. For two years there, man, I, I was hell-bent on trying to get on radio. And then I was going up to ABC um, Radio Brisbane and talking to um, Kelly Higgins-Divine and, like, just meeting all these really cool people and, and saw how, like, the production went and all that sort of stuff behind the scenes. You know, the really cool stuff that you don't really get to see on the on TV and stuff. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I was so fascinated with it. And I thought maybe, and like, maybe radio is the go, you know? Maybe, like, legit, not like a, like, maybe there's a career in this. I don't know. I don't know about career, but maybe you know, you could get some um, get some good looks from this. Um, and then I think it just it just got so hard. And then the more I sort of did it, the more I was like, I I just like rap and talking about rap because I was going up there and they're asking me like hardcore like current affairs questions, and I was sitting next to journalists and scientists and stuff, and they were like real smart, and I'm just like, I you know I had not I literally had nothing. I could not. Um, come up with anything smart to say or intelligent to say and I thought if I open my mouth 
I'm gonna make myself look like an idiot. So, um, but yeah, I was uh, you know I've, I was going up there for a while, uh, and recently since this COVID thing, they haven't really <laughs> they haven't really hit me up to go go back up there. So, I need to get my fix, man. I need to um, do my radio practicing, I guess. I guess this is just me practicing if I was ever to do radio. But you know what, man? This is podcasting, so I can do whatever I want. And it's going to be like that, man. It's going to be, um, yeah, I'm just not going to try to be politically correct or cool or whatever, you know. I'm just going to talk the way I sort of talked on when I was doing the 4 Triple Z Umami Nights show. So, um, basically, it's going to be real casual, uh... What I will do, though, what I want to do, I still want to keep the music thing going, man, because that's the whole point of this show, right? Um, so, in, you know, to get around the whole fact that I can't play music on this show, I've got an Umami Nights playlist that I that I had um, when I was doing the radio show anyway. So I'll keep updating that. What I think I'll do is I'll each week I'll choose a few songs and then sort of keep the last two weeks of songs up. So I'll just add to it. I'll rotate out. Um, and it'll be a certain number, but yeah, there's some really cool music, man. This coronavirus thing, um, a lot of artists are just creating, man, and they're just pumping out the material. Um, I think people are kind of relying on, um, sort of these digital creators at the moment because I don't think, um, the, the production, the big production studios, I don't think they're doing much at the moment because they're not allowed to. So, you know, I mean, I went through it. I, I did, um actually we a whole mixtape at home like this is one of the questions that one of the people asked me uh, i think it was my Ma- um sick mind mark hit me up so I just, the I, I recorded a mixtape at home and because i was just going crazy and not being able to create was just really messing with my brain and i really needed to, to just get it out there um so i set this sort of goal to be able to just create the whole thing in my home studio at like at home without any outside influence the only thing i did was like i just jacked a bunch of beats from youtube which was like free downloads and stuff and so it just started out as um freestyles so i did the covid rap video music and video like i did that with a webcam that i bought off facebook so that sort of got the ball rolling i guess and then um creative nations hit me up and asked me to do a, a freestyle for them so I did a freestyle called Love Letters. And then so I had two freestyles in the bank. And I was like, oh, man, I haven't made beats in a while. And I was like feeling, I was in a bit of a weird mood too. So I just started like um, sampling, like how I used to do back in the day, man, just jacking shit off the net and just sampling video games and what whatever I thought was interesting. And it started to come together like a mixtape style. I thought, well, why don't I just do a mixtape? This is the way it's going anyway. So why don't I just do a mixtape with a bunch of freestyles and sort of um sampled beats so the whole mixtape there's only one real song if you you know if you sort of talk about a structured structured song which is um a song called story bridge which features amy k ashton my long-term friend and collaborator um and that song was actually recorded in 2017 so it's not even like i created that during this um mixtape sort of thing but it just fit that that the sound of the, that song fit the mixtape because I went back to my sort of boom bap origins and the you know my initial love for that for rap music and the hip hop that golden era hip hop sound, um, and I just created from there. So I just recorded a bunch of freestyles. I thought no, I'm just I'm not putting any restrictions or rules on myself. The only uh, rule that I will put on myself is I, it has to be created inside my home studio, which was 
the only thing I could do anyway because it's not like I could go anywhere. So, yeah, so I just, you know, figured out the theme. Um, and, you know, at the time I was, like, looking up a lot of, like, Marvel. I was watching a lot of Marvel movies, actually, with the kids. So, obviously, that's bled into my creativity. And then, But then it sort of led me into this Marvel vs. Street Fighter, the game, Capcom game. Uh, it sort of led me down this direction. And, I, you know, like, I just remember playing that game and being so um, taken back by, you know, like how dynamic it was. It was just wild and crazy. And so, so many different universes and worlds coming together uh, in this one game. It was just crazy. So I sort of um, based it off that sort of theme, that loose theme, like this this crazy universe with all these different weird things coming together. Um, and then like at the time I was just, you know, like, because I'm a big fan of David Cho as well. So I, I found a um, a speech that he did at, at some university and it was like the craziest speech. Um, I can't remember what it's called actually, but yeah, so I started sampling him from there and then just little bits and pieces where all these things just did, weren't aren't supposed to match. And I don't actually don't think it does match either. Um, even now when I listen back to it, it's, it's kind of like just this weird stream of thought that, you know, happened over sort of like a two or three week period. Um... But yeah, so that was fun. It was, I don't know, it was fun, but it was, it was, I needed to get something off my chest. And I think creating that mixtape really helped my, my brain, to be honest, man. I was like, I was going crazy at home, man. Uh, and I needed to do something create creatively. Um, and it's, I didn't create it to try and sell anything or didn't try to get any views or try to make any playlists. Cause I, cause the way I did it, it's like, I recorded at home. I mixed it all at home. Uh, it's it's really just it just feels like a scrapbook that I made for a few of my friends to look at and just look at me and go man you're weird and I and I think I achieved that although um it's getting some spin like on four triple z which is weird to me because like I, they're not songs you know what I mean like the songs that are getting played on the radio or it's it's only community radio I know but it's not even like a like a chorus verse chorus verse chorus type of structure it's just one freestyle like two and a half minutes of rap like just real nerdy rap too it's like me nerding out on rap so but it's it's man it's getting played so like that took me by complete surprise um but i'm very grateful for it man like it just goes to show like i just made it because i wanted to make it and that's the kind of stuff i like and i guess other people like it too i, I mean i put it up on Bandcamp. I didn't even put it up on Spotify and iTunes and all, or YouTube or whatever yet. I just put it on Bandcamp because Bandcamp was waiving their um their revenue share uh, a few days there, you know, because of the coronavirus and all the artists sort of suffering because they got no income. So good guys at Bandcamp, they put they waived their revenue share. So I just chucked it up there and boy oh boy, people were paying like one of my mates paid a hundred bucks for it. <laughs> you paid a hundred bucks for the mixtape man i was like bro i i can't even refund you this <laughs> it's crazy man um you know and and one of my other fans bought it for 50 bucks i'm like dude you've like you've made this this is you've set a real a ridiculous expectation now for me moving forward <laughs> when i'm creating these um mixtapes because the whole goal of it was to like make the mixtape so I can sort of upgrade some of my gear, but I also wanted to buy a race wheel. Um, it's like, it's a gaming wheels because my brother gave me a PS4 and it had F1 on it. And I remember I used to love gaming. I used to love uh, F1, 
like not F1, but just racing games in general back then. Um, so I really wanted, man, I just got this idea in my head that I wanted, I really, really wanted a race wheel and I wasn't going to spend real money on it. I was going to try and um, spend rap money on it, which is my beer money and my hobby money, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't going to buy it until I could um, get my rap money to pay for it. Um, and, you know, it's close, man, it's close, but I think I can spend a little bit of real money. But yeah, man, like I... The amount of generosity and the support that I got from Bandcamp, um, like real financial support that you guys are actually paying for the mixtape, it's like surpassed well and truly any money I've ever made on streams or iTunes sales or whatever. I've never made this much money before. And it's ridiculous because like I, I spent zero dollars making this project. It was just me in my room with all the skills and knowledge that I've cum- accumulated all this time making music and the the obviously the technical equipment but all that money's been spent it's just it was just me creating free to create i didn't send it anywhere to get it mixed by anybody uh, i didn't pay for anyone to make any beats you know um it was just you know literally a 0 dollar project and yeah the i've never made so much <laughs> money off <laughs> Uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. It's nutty to me. And and I'm so grateful. It's it's crazy. And I'm so <laughs> grateful. But um, yeah, that that mixtape. I I really really like that mixtape. I'm so proud of that mixtape. It's the first time I've put out a whole project as an individual. I put zero dollars marketing it. I I've, I've not marketed at all. I, there's no marketing budget. There's no. I just created. I just created it the way that an artist just wants to create. He doesn't want to sell it. He or she doesn't want to sell it. They don't want to deal with all the business end and like all the, um, you know, the paperwork you got to sign in, you know, who the creators were and, all, and like do all the royalty cuts, all that sort of stuff. I was like, nah, man, I just want to create. Let's just let me create and, and make something, get in the zone, stay in the zone for a while and just let that creativity out whatever way it comes out. Um, and, you know, fortunately for me, I, I'm from a background of production. Like I understand producing and putting beats together and all that sort of stuff so man it was like man I I can understand how Kanye West can almost go crazy sometimes I'm just doing it on such a small scale with no risk there's no record label breathing down my neck uh, and I'm not trying to make any money off it but still I was you know getting pretty whacked out just trying to make this project and I I think it was because I was following my creativity too Um, you know just letting it go where it goes instead of reining myself back and go, no, 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 that's not what they want to hear. Because you do that as creators, like as, I know, as a, as a musician or as a rapper myself, sometimes I'll go down these paths and then I'll have to pull myself up and go, no, 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 that's not what they want to hear though. That's not what they, um, you know, that's not what's going to get on the radio. That's not what's going to this, you know, like people are going to get put off by that, whatever. But this project, I sort of just went, nah, man, I'm just going to let it go where it goes and just create like a creator, like an artist and just be free. No rules, no no, no nothing. And um, yeah, yeah, so that's what came out. It's kind of weird. I can see like on the stats, um, on like the Bandcamp stats and now the Spotify um, stats because I've put it up there now. And I can see, oh, and YouTube as well, the, the YouTube stats. So I can see what songs people like and what songs people don't like, like what tracks people like and what tracks people don't like because 
and and some of them are obvious, um, and some of them aren't, aren't so obvious. Like because the the structure I did it in was like it'd be instrumental, and then like a freestyle, and then instrumental, freestyle, instrumental, freestyle. So it'd be like freestyles with instrumentals or collages of instrumentations wedged in between with sampled sort of vocals from other people, not me rapping. And um, yeah, man, just looking at the stats, eh, it's it's kind of weird to see what people like and <laughs> what people don't like. But man, it's crazy because like I thought, even for me, my standards, I thought it was pretty weird and pretty nerdy. And man, and people like it. Some people like it. Probably more people hate it, <laughs> but I'm not hearing from them, so that's cool. Um, I don't know, man. If you've just tuned in, this is going to be a weird one, man. It's not going to be um, really... It's, I guess it's a bit of a Q&A, hey. So, um, yeah, that's the mixtape business. Um, shout out to Mark Sickmind, man. Um, yeah, man, Sickmind dropped a, a really an ill freestyle the other day, which I shared on my Instagram. Uh, that homeboy's got bars, man. And um, Oh, he was on the Filipino news too, like with that song with 2P. Um, Save Our Seas, I think it's called. That's getting like pretty mad traction all around the world. It's just about um, the Chinese... Um, government trying to take over the islands to you know contesting those islands but yeah they're they're really smart so they know how to rap about that stuff I don't I just rap about Street Fighter <laughs> and and yeah weird shit but man like oh I wanted to talk about this too you know I, I'm a game I used to game right I, I used to I was raised with an internet by an internet I should say I was raised, my, me and my older brother especially were raised by Nintendo. <laughs> um, because when our parents were working or busy or whatever, they'd just throw the Nintendo down. And that was our babysitter, right? So we, you know, gaming is, is, is a big part of our culture at home. And, um, and it's a big part of me, you know? That's why you even hear it in this Umami Nights show, like I sample heaps of Street Fighter, I sample like Contra, I sample Mario, like that's, that's, that's the sort of, the things, the sounds that I grew up on. Um, so, Briz Asia, you, you guys know Briz Asia if you listen to the show, but Briz Asia is like a, a an Asian fucking fest, festival celebrating Asian people <laughs> in Brisbane that happens every year. Um, and they asked me to go on a, a gaming panel, like talk in like a very academic setting about gaming uh, and you know, I can't even remember what the fuck the um the title of it was, but whatever. It was, it was like it was a gaming panel. So I was up there with a gaming developer, um, a a lady that was oh, she she owned. I don't know. She was like a oh no, she was an advocate for for esports, either an advocate for esports or she actually ran esports or something. And she has a high school esports team that that's doing really well as well. Um, and there was another like uh, and somebody that worked in art in the games, something. Oh man, I don't know. It was so long ago. It was in February. Yeah, February. Um. Anyway, so you know, it was at the La Boite Theater. And, um, man, it was the trippiest experience I've ever went through doing this public speaking shit because it went from a, like, a talk about meditation. Like, it had, like, a Tibetan dude and an Indian dude talking about, like, hardcore meditation for an hour. (laughs) 
talking about yoga and meditation for an hour. And then there's me and like a few other people that just got up there talking about gaming. And the audience, no shit. I think there would have been 20 people in the audience. And they were all, if I'm being generous, they were all 50 years plus. So 20, 50 plus year olds sitting in La Boite's Theatre. <laughs> and there's me and three other people talking about Street Fighter and Grand Theft Auto and, and you know, um, what's popular? Fortnite. You know, like it was, it was insane. And it was just going right over their heads. And we were sitting there looking at each other while we're talking. Like, we've lost them. We've totally, two minutes in, we've like, we've lost them. There is no way they're going to, there's no way that even, they even know what we're talking about. So at one point I tried to relate it to like, um, Game of Thrones. Like, you guys watch Game of Thrones, right? Blah, blah, blah. And then it was just crickets. Because that ain't, that, that's so old, they don't even watch Game of Thrones. So yeah, there was no common ground there. Like there was, we could not relate at all. Um, so yeah, that was a disaster. But uh, yeah, <laughs> shout out to Brazasia. <laughs> um, anyway, that's that. There's another question. Damn, it's twenty minutes. I've done twenty minutes already. I've, I've literally sat here for twenty minutes and talked into a microphone by myself in my studio. This kind of felt like what it was like when I was making the mixtape. Um, this is a question from, I think this was from Amy, actually. What drives your creativity when you're not feeling motivated? Oh man, that's such a good question. And I'm sure like, this is a good question for like other artists as well. Um, when I'm not feeling, may I honestly, if I'm completely honest, I haven't felt motivated (laughs) to rap or to do any rap for a long time actually hey i'll get it in spurts where it's like a little bit you know what i mean like i'm something motivates me for about an hour <laughs> for about an hour i'm like oh shit you know like man i i, I wish i did that or I, I reckon i could do that or i could do that better or that person's really made me want to get up and be better um but that's so rare now now i, I guess now it just feels like uh, man i feel like i just have to do it for my own sanity. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't even, it's, I don't even feel motivated to do it. I don't get this urge, like this stinging urge to create. I just feel like I have to do it to maintain my sanity. It's like a, it's, a, it's, it's almost a form of meditation for me because I'm sort of, it's, it's a way for me to be in the present moment and all of my senses engaged uh, into what I'm doing and being, you know, ultra present. Um, yeah, so I, it, it's almost so ingrained in my lifestyle now, even though it's like, it's just, even if it's just writing, like luckily for me, it's one of these sort of things where rap is an art form where you can just take with you anywhere. You don't need anything. Like nowadays you've got your phone everywhere, but you you don't even need your phone, man. You could like, you can just write in your head and memorize punchlines and work backwards. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I get inspired by something and I just like memor like I'll just think of a punchline, I can just pretty much remember that punchline and have an idea of where I want it to go or how I set it up. And then I'll just memorize it. You know what I mean? And then like, I can just keep memorizing from, I mean, my memory is shot 
at the best of times, but you know, like I can always, and that always happens to me in the shower for some reason, shower or before I go to sleep. Um, and I'll just, yeah, you can always write if you're a, if you're a writer or a rapper or a poet or whatever, you know, you, you sort of, you're never really bored. You can sort of just write in your head and then jot it down on your phone or whatever, like voice mess, voice memo or whatever, you know, like you can always do that. Uh, fortunately for me, that's, I can do that, but like it's, it's, uh, it's such a, um, habit now, I guess that w- I guess when I do get these spurts of motivation, like collaboration always brings out motivation in me. Um, at the moment I'm doing a, a project with, uh, Swillow, Dano and Mayhem and Conquer. And there's this one song that we did called, um, um, throwing stones where Swillow and I are going back and forth. And there's this verse where we're taking, you know, a few bars each, like four bars, me, me and then four bars, him, four bars, me, whatever. But after I recorded the, my verse first, my first complete verse was me, Hook, and then Swiller recorded the second verse. After I heard Swiller record the second verse, he pretty much buried me on this song. And after he recorded the second verse, that's where that's where I felt motivated. I was like, fuck, man, this guy's going to bury me on this track unless I do something about it. And I was like, I was so, as soon as I heard it, you know, it lit a fire under me. I started writing immediately. And we didn't even plan to do a third verse on it. I just I just immediately started writing because it was so, like, he went so hard on that verse. I was just like, dude, if there's going to be a third verse on me, this is how I would approach it, you know. And I started writing. And then I sort of pitched it to them. And I was like, yo, do you want to do, like, a third verse? And, you know, they said yes. And I was like, boom, this is what I, this is how I'm going to start. So Swillow and I went back and forth on the third verse. And, yeah, man, it's it's Swillow. It's me and Swillow trying to bury each other on this song um, with, like, just gaming gaming bars and food bars and just like the dopest shit we could possibly say the dopest and nerdiest shit <laughs> we could possibly say but yeah that's when i felt motivated i guess collaboration brings out that motivation um it's a little bit hard now because obviously um being in the same room with another artist is hard but i guess you could do it online uh, it's not the same though but but yeah even uh, even after that I, i've got i'm pretty i fit in my time pretty well so being motivated motivated for music um yeah it's i don't know it it doesn't really happen that often to be honest amy um yeah i i don't know if it yeah it's like i said i think it's just a meditation thing where i i feel like i have to do it otherwise i'm just going to go insane even if i don't record it even if it nothing comes of it even if i don't track it and put it up on soundcloud or youtube or spotify or whatever I, f- I still feel like i need to write something down and get i guess it's journaling it at this point it just becomes like maybe it's like a diary now you know what i mean like maybe i'm just writing in my diary and it just rhymes everything just rhymes <laughs> um yeah so when i do come to write and sit down and write i've got all these like bars that i can just draw from or you know modify um yeah but that's that's in a roundabout way that's the answer to that question. Uh, I've got another question here. Um, COVID-19 as a reason for individuals in communities to be aggressive to Asians. This is such a hot button topic. I don't even think I am qualified to answer this, but I can give you my thoughts. Um, if you're online a lot, you're going to see a lot of racism with this COVID-19. If you're not going outside, you're not going to see it because nobody's outside. Only the people who have gone through it will see it. And I guess that's like that normally anyway. Like, 
the the amount of racism in Australia, for me, it's more. It's not like a direct racism. It's not like an. It's not like a um. Like a explicit racism where like some fucking bogan lady on a bus is yelling in my face, telling me to fucking go back to my own country. That's only happened to me several times. So that, it, it doesn't happen as often as I see it online. The racism that I get here is, or, you know, this, and this is just me. I am not talking for all Asians. I'm just talking for me. The racism I get here are like opportunities and things, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not a one person racism thing. It's just a whole <laughs> whole societal racism thing where this is just this is what I feel like, right? So and I want I want people to um man, correct me if I'm wrong, you know what I mean? Like I'd love to start conversations about this. And again, I'm like I'm a rapper who feels a lot of things. So this may not be uh coming from a place of academic genius, but um you know, like there are opportunities out there that I feel like we as Asians have to work twice as hard for to get or to get recognition. And it's not even Asians. I should stop saying that. I should say people of color in general. Um, I feel like we have to work twice as hard and be the cream of the crop before we even get a look in certain fields, certain certain areas. Obviously, if I'm a doctor, that's not going to be that hard. <laughs> Any of the sort of, um, you know, those really academic sort of fields. But I don't know because I'm not a doctor. So I don't know, actually. I shouldn't say that because I don't know. But for Asians in general, that ag- the aggressiveness um, because of COVID, I, I see it more online. I guess because I don't go out much. And also, I live in an area where it's predominantly multicultural. Like, there's so many different types of people here that it just doesn't make sense to be racist to each other. Like, there's going to be racism uh, here, but our racism is like, like old world racism where it's like in your, like real in your face racism where you're hate, like it's, it's like your grandparents' racism. It's harmless. Like it's, like would you be upset if um, like a toddler called you names do you know what I mean like would you be upset if a toddler came up to you and called you names and like this toddler lived next door to you and started yelling at you and screaming at you and calling you names like you'd be like ah whatever this goddamn toddler was yelling at me screaming at me but you're not mad because the toddler has no effects like the, the toddler has no pull on how you live your life it's just noise it's just offensive noise to you and that's the kind of racism that I guess exists uh, where I live <laughs> it's so bad such a bad analogy but you know like you know what i mean like races the racism that i get and i don't even get it anymore it's just what we do to each other because it's so multicultural it's just noise like you're gonna make racist remarks about another race and it's just noise you can't stop that person from going about their day and you can't stop them from making money you know what i mean like that racism is harmless it's not harmless but it's like it's gonna be there you can't get rid of it and it's the worst between like I mean, Asians are like hella racist to each other, man. Like Vietnamese people to Chinese people, Chinese people to to everyone. (laughs) Koreans to Japanese, Japanese to Korean. Like every, man, let's not pretend we're not racist, man. But like that's a type of racism that in Australia, 
it's not really affecting um, our ability to make money or put food on the table or it's not affecting our opportunities. Whereas like if a bunch of white people decided to be racist towards me um, and deny me a job opportunity, I feel like that. And, and I mean, and, and I'm not saying racism, like direct racism. I'm talking about like, because my name doesn't sound familiar or like, because my, my name is hard to pronounce. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have an ethnic name and they look at it and go, oh, well, I, this, just judging by the name, he doesn't look like somebody that, um, that we're familiar with. I'd rather go for John Smith because John Smith, I sort of, I know a bunch of John Smiths. I know what I can expect. With Min, with Min Yuan, I don't know what, to, like, I don't know, is he from Vietnam? Does he speak English? What kind of food is he going to bring in? What religious um, cultural practices do we have to allow for? Like, there's all these questions. They're just going to go, what? you know what? Let's get John Smith. He's just going to get in and do the job. Like, this is me thinking of, I think this is what they're thinking. Probably not. Somebody, like some white person, get on and just correct me, please. Especially if you run a large company. I know at the end of the day, skills count, obviously. But you can't deny that there is some sort of, um, oh, what's the word, man? My brain doesn't even work anymore. Um, it's not discrimination, but it's a bias. You know what I mean? Like, like you ask any Asian dude or Asian, oh, I would. If you ask an Asian dude, go, why did you date? Why did you marry an Asian girl? Like, if you like, if you asked a Vietnamese dude, why did you marry a Vietnamese girl? He'd probably be like, yeah, because it's easier culturally, we match. There's a bunch of shit we don't have to explain. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a bunch of shit. I don't have to explain to her because we, she already knows. We grew up the same way. Like we are going to celebrate the same things and she's going to sort of know what my parents are going to be like because her parents might be similar. Do you know what I mean? So there's a, like a level of understanding that you don't have to learn or relearn. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, if, if, if you go down the other route where you marry somebody with, from a different culture, a completely different culture, then there's going to be a big, a steep learning curve and it's been done obviously if people love each other they're going to do it but you know an employee an employer relationship isn't going to be like that an employer is going to look at your resume and he doesn't love you or she doesn't love you they don't know they're not willing to are they willing to go through this learning curve you know i guess i guess that's what it is i guess it comes down to are they willing to get to know who you are um to hire you and i guess it's going to cost them money. At the end of the day, man, it costs them money to hire people. And if like they hire me and I'm exactly who they thought I was going to be, like this fully, you know, fresh off the boat dude, barely speaks English. I can, you know, I can do the job really well, but culturally it's just hard to get along with me and it's work just to be sitting next to me every day. It's hard work. I guess, you know, and it costs them, it, it's going to cost them money to find that out and then they're going to have to rehire someone else see how they fit, you know, like it's, there's all these factors that's, um, built into it. So, and I, and I don't think that's a malicious racism. Um, I think it's a man, it's just the way it is, to be honest. Like it, it's the more we can educate people, the better it's going to be. And I sort of, I did a, um, a thing for a show called that's my cup of tea. Um, uh, I don't even know where it's going to be or where, where, what, it, what platform is going on. But I, I sort of touched on this, and I don't know. I don't think I did a very good job at it, uh, and because it was such a short, it's like it's only like a few minutes that sort of little feature thing. 
But I guess now that I'm talking about it, I'm fleshing it out. I sort of think I know what I'm talking about. Like I, th- I think I sort of know how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, like I'm not mad at it. It's I'm just, I'm so numb to it now. Do you know what I mean? Like I used to be so mad about it, but now it's like, man, it is. You know, like it's a burden that we have to carry that we will have to educate them because the media is not going to help us to be honest the media is the mainstream media is not going to help us they're going to put up they're going to still do the same tired stereotypes that's what sells that's what the majority of australia wants to see you know what i mean or the majority of the western world wants to see they want to see a white hero a white savior um like if you put an asian dude as a hero that gets the girl they're just going to be like what like it's too much for their brain they want humans want something that they that's similar to what they already know and if you give them something too different it's going to be hard it's going to be a hard sell it's going to be a hard sell you know what i mean so it's just the way it is man if you live in the western world it's on us to educate them it's on us to be as real or as authentic as we're going to be and man i just it's yeah unfortunately man people are going to be if I get back to the question, the reason for individuals in communities to be aggressive to Asians, dude, that's going to be there. That racism is going to be there. I think now it's just more prevalent because coronavirus or COVID-19 is the the main topic that everybody's talking about. Literally, if I look at my Facebook feed, there is nothing else that anybody is talking about. Coronavirus is the only thing that people are talking about. There is no... Man, even the political correctness stuff. Like, I have, I have not seen anybody get cancelled in a while, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Louis C.K., the comedian that got cancelled for, like, whacking off in front of people, uh, came back and did a comedy special. And, like, n- I didn't see any controversy about it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't see anybody going, oh, you shouldn't be performing. You sh- you're still cancelled. Whatever. I don't know. But I didn't see any controversy about it. I don't know. Yeah, COVID-19 is the only thing that's on my feed. And I'm guessing it's on your feed too. So, you know, if you're going to get more more COVID, you're going to get more COVID-related stuff. Then you're going to get, you know, people being racist, more racism. There's no denying that there's more racism for this from this COVID. And for some reason, people feel like it's okay to come out and be crazy racist. And if you're going to be racist, that's fine, but... Um, that's your life. You know what I mean? I just want to see, like, I want to see these racist people go after, like, dudes who can fight. You know what I mean? Like, all I see is, like, people being racist towards people who, like, don't look like they can fight. Like, I want to see you be racist to Kung Lee. If you don't know who Kung Lee is, Kung Lee's, like, a, a fighter who fought in the UFC. Vietnamese dude. American Vietnamese. He'll fuck you up, man. If you come up with that fucking Ching Chong shit, he'll fucking, he'll bury you, man. <laughs> He shoots guns and shit. He fights with knives. Like he's in he's in Donnie Yen movies and shit. And he fucks Donnie Yen up in his own movie. <laughs> Kung Lee fucks Donnie Yen up in Donnie Yen's own movie. That's how bad that's how bad ma- a bad man. That's how bad of a man Kung Lee is. So I want to see some fucking some of these like like these extreme racists go after him. Imagine that like if if, if someone <laughs> Like Kong Lee was sitting on a bus and like a bunch of fucking, you know, three or four fucking racist dudes started with that Ching Chong shit and Kong Lee just stands up. It's it's the beginning of another Donnie Yen movie. That's the intro to a Donnie Yen movie. 
It's just Kung Lee on a bus fucking up four other dudes. And then Donnie Yen comes on, gets on the bus. Then Donnie Yen, the bus stops. Donnie Yen gets on the bus. All he sees is Kung Lee standing in the middle of the aisle with four dudes lying down. And then Kung Lee looks at Donnie Yen and Donnie Yen looks at Kung Lee. And then Donnie Yen goes and sits on a seat in the front. You know what I mean? Like, and then... Oh, actually, I did see one. I think it was online. I saw, it was a Polynesian dude. Um, I guess in America, like, they lump Polynesians in with Asians. I don't know. I have no idea. Somebody explain to me how that works. Like, are they... Are they, um, like, lumped in with Asians? I don't know. In Australia, I don't think they'd do that in Australia. But um, I guess there was a like a sort of chingy-looking um, Polynesian bloke, big fella too. But I don't think he looked that big when he was sitting down. And a bunch of like, um, they looked like teenagers to be honest. Went up and started like doing the COVID. You know, you're the reason COVID's here or whatever. And he stood up, and it was like he was trying to like. It looked like he was gonna body slam dudes, and they were all sort of like, you know how they do that thing where they like you back up but you pretend you're still acting up. Like you're backing up, but you're you're still pretending like you're hard still. They did that, but no, nobody. They they were they looked like they were shitting them, so they looked like they couldn't move. Um, but yeah, this Polynesian dude looks like looked like he was like worked out a lot and maybe did roids. Actually, you know what, Kung Lee looks like that too. He looks like oh, he obviously works out a lot, and he also maybe does roids. Maybe that's what we need to do then. Maybe the, the solution for this um, COVID-19 racism towards Asians is maybe we all need to like work out and, and do roids. That might be a solution. Um, maybe, I mean, what else? What else can we do? Use our words? Do you think that's going to work? <laughs> do you think words are going to work against stupid people? I don't think that's going to work. Stupid people need to be punched in the face. I'm not condoning violence, man. I'm just saying if you need to defend yourself, if if violence comes at you and you need to defend yourself, do some push-ups and put a needle in your arm. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's whack. Um, dude, I've been talking for 40 minutes. A little bit over 40 minutes. This is insane. I've only answered three questions. All right, I want to wrap this up. This is crazy. Um, hey, look, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for sticking around. This is insane. That If you are listening to this, it's, it's you're crazy. You are absolutely insane for listening to this. Listening to me ramble. 40 minutes. Uh, okay, well, look, um, before I go, um, I wanted to, you know, still keep this some sort of a, like an, a music show. <laughs> It's probably too far gone by then, but um, hopefully, I I I still want to. I probably should keep this thing going just so I can um, so I can um, interview people, like have a real excuse to interview people. You know what I mean? So you can skip all these solo ones and just listen listen to the interviews, um, and then that way I can get it on Ozone. Um, that might be the go. Anyway, before I go. Uh, I wanted to highlight a few songs that I've been digging, man. Um, the first one is from the homeboy Big Vu. <laughs> man, he um, he recorded this song called Corona. Oh, what's it called? Hang on a second. Let me just see what it's called. But he shot, he recorded it, shot it all at home, and it looks so legit, man. Um, if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. It's Big Vu, B-I-G-G-V-U. Um, and the song is called... 
Corona. Yeah, there you go. And, and it's it's brilliant, man. It's so good. Um, it's on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah, and then he also does a video where um, he's explaining how he did it. Um, dude, it's so funny. It's taking the piss. And he's got bars too. Uh, so I'll, I'll, if that's on Spotify, I'll add that to the Umami Nights playlist. Uh, and Bianca Power, Blood on Your Shoes is the other song I wanted to highlight. That came out last year, like late last year, but she's just dropped a music v- video for it. Bianca Power, Blood on Your Shoes. Um, man, that song, it's, it's a, it's more like a soulful R&B jam, man. Oh, dude, it's beautiful. I love it. It's been on repeat. I'll put it in the, um, the playlist, but yeah, it's. I put it on in the morning, especially when it's all chaos. I'm trying to get the kids ready for school or making them breakfast or making them, you know, whatever, trying to get them to brush their teeth and wash their bloody face. So I put on this song and it just it just creates a very nice and calm <laughs> mood in the house. Um, yeah, so I, I'll add those songs to the Umami Nights playlist on Spotify. Um, yeah, go ahead and follow that playlist if you're keen for like asian rap hip-hop so asian music basically man and uh man i might try to hook up some interviews for this thing if not man it's all good uh i might put out another feeler for some questions um yeah follow me on instagram then so you can shoot me some questions um but yeah man thanks for checking it out thanks for listening you're a lunatic if you've heard it all the way through but i love you um let's try to get to 100 100 hardcore listeners eh? <laughs> Let's do that. All right, man. Peace. Thanks for tuning in.